0: Revelation chapter two, please. Beginning in verse eight. Revelation chapter two, beginning in verse eight. I wanna read through verse 11. Now we covered some of this last Sunday, but there's so much in it, I wanted to share with it a little bit more about tonight. This has to do with the seven churches in Asia Minor. These seven churches were real churches in the day in which John lived and wrote. Mm-hmm. They're also symbolic of the various ages during the church age. For example, the church at Ephesus had left its first love. In the first century, that church had left its first love. And then the church at Smyrna was a church under severe persecution. There's hardly ever been a time when Christians were persecuted like they were during that, the last part of the first century and the second century. They were doing their best to stamp out Christianity. You've heard the thought, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. The more they persecuted the Christians, the faster the work grew really very strange they were trying to kill the christian faith get rid of it all so they moved in on the smyrna church i mentioned last sunday of the seven deacons ele- uh, six of them were martyred the pastor of the church was Savonarola i'm sorry the pastor of the church was polycarp Savonarola came later polycarp was a very faithful person. Uh, They loved him very much. You've heard the story about how they came after him. When they came to arrest him, he said, would you wait for a few minutes? I'm fixing you a meal. He prepared the most delicious meal for those who were going to take him to kill him. Then they were so moved and touched by his kindness, they said, well, Brother Polycarp, if you will, con- if you will turn away from your faith and just re- renounce Jesus, you won't have to be killed. You won- we won't even take you. He said, do you think that after all these years, I'm 83 years old, do you think after all these years, how good Christ has been to me that I would deny him? I'm ready to go. So he got his things together. They took him. They burned him at the stake. But his body didn't burn fast enough, so they stabbed him to death. That's Polycarp. Jesus had written the Smyrna church a little bit before that. He said to the angel of the church at Smyrna, write, These things saith the first and the last which was dead and is alive. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but of the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried. You shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee the crown of life. Smyrna was a beautiful city. It is where modern Izmir is today. It was probably the birthplace of Homer who wrote the Iliad. Perhaps the most beautiful city in Asia. There was a famous golden street that began at the seaside and ran upward culminating in the mountain of Pagus. Along the way, if you follow that golden street, You would pass by the pagan temples, including Apollo, Athrodite, Zeus. Smyrna was a center of Caesar worship. 150 miles below Troas on the Aegean Sea, the little town of Smyrna, And while John was in prison, the Lord dictated a message through John to his church. There's no criticism of this church. There was a severe warning. They were soon to suffer persecution. Smyrna was warned to be faithful to Christ, even unto death. You think of that term, be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee the crown of life. What in the world does it mean to be faithful? What is faithfulness? Someone has said, true in affection or allegiance. Cicero said faithfulness and truth are the most sacred excellencies and endowments of the human mind. Very briefly, I want to think of three areas of faithfulness that perhaps the Lord was talking about when he said to Smyrna, be thou faithful unto death. First of all, be thou faithful in your Christian hope. In the midst of the worst financial depression in American history, a beaming voice from the metropolis of the Midwest in Chicago beamed out hope to discourage people. Every day, the voice came on the radio, it's a beautiful day in Chicago. Some of you in this room may have heard that. I was very young in those depression years. My dad had a radio. He worked on the LNN railroad, but he'd been laid off. Seven of us lived in a two-room house. But he'd have the radio on. And I just barely remember my dad calling attention to that voice from Chicago. It's a beautiful day in Chicago. And they tried to cheer us up. We didn't really know how poor we were. Those were dark days. But God is able in the midst of the darkness and hurts In the midst of the rumors of war and hatred and uncertainty, we need to turn our hearts and eyes in faith to God. He still rules the universe. He knows all about us. His eye is on the sparrow. The other day, Brother Caleb came up here and sang that beautiful song, His Eye is on the Sparrow, and I know he cares for me. When Bud was here, He sang that. It's been a favorite song of a lot of people because all of us go through dark times. Times when our faith seems to fail. And we look on our right hand and left, we feel like nobody really cares. When the valley of discouragement, despair, and separation casts its shadow, and we are called upon to bear a load way too heavy to bear, then the very fire of our soul Seems to lie as a dying ember on the cold hearth of our lives. Well, Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I will never leave you. My God shall supply all your need according to riches and glory. Fear thou not, for I'll be with thee. I will still thy pilot be, never mind the tossing billows. Take my hand and trust in me. So be faithful in the time of darkness. Secondly, be faithful in your Christian commitment and confession. The disciples first called Christians to Antioch because they were different. They didn't live like the world. They didn't like they didn't dress like the world. They didn't act like the world. They didn't talk like the world. They were different. If you study carefully, they were first called Christians of Antioch because that was not a name of praise. They were not commending these people. They said, you all act like Jesus. And they didn't like Jesus. They hated him. But they recognized there was something different about those who followed Jesus. They were different from the world. And today, when you preach that kind of thing, people look at you sort of strange. They say, we need to be like the world. Have rock music in the church because everybody else uses rock music. You'll identify with them. You'll bring them in. And you bring them in and keep them that way. Many years ago, after my pastor, Dr. Gibson, left Walnut Street, he went to heaven. I had a pastor in, in at Walnut Street that invited a certain evangelist to come and. Uh, he brought with him a band and for 30 minutes before each service they had a rock concert. The auditorium seat about 2000 people was jammed and packed. People were there. During the service, during that revival, there were near 200 walked down the aisle. When the meeting was over, The pastor baptized one. When the rock music was gone, they were gone. You bring them in on that, you have to keep them on that. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. That's how we come to Christ, but we don't stay that way. We come just as we are. And then if we really get a good taste of Jesus, he changes us from the inside out, yes. and we need to be faithful in our Christian walk, our Christian confession, our Christian commitment, in our personal lives, in our relationship to others, in our relationship to the church, in our thought life. Anger, resentment, hatred, impurity, all these things flash upon the screen of our mind when the Holy Spirit is in charge, he takes them away. Our actions, places we go, things we say, the jokes, the hard language, the barnyard language that is so prevalent today, the S word, the D word, the F word, all those words are words that ought never to come out of a believer's mouth. And I get so weary and listening to the radio even some of the talk shows they use this rough ugly barnyard language I guess they're trying to show that they're tough they'd be a lot tougher if they didn't do that I never heard Billy Graham do that thousands and thousands of people listen to him our thoughts our actions our motives we all are centered around Faith and faithfulness. faithfulness in our relationship to each other and to the Lord. And then last of all, faithfulness in our Christian stewardship. Chiefly the stewardship of the gospel. We think of the word stewardship. we think money many times of money, that's certainly involved. I believe the Bible teaches that all of us should tithe. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse and prove me now with us, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing, There is will not, not be room enough to receive. Yes, but stewardship goes way, way beyond money. It has to do with our way of life. It has to do with what we do with the gospel. The gospel came to us on its way to somebody else. If we let it stop with us, We get so filled with the Bible and filled with the Word, pretty soon we become stagnant. And we become self-righteous. Listen, I don't know any real soul winners who brag on themselves all the time. I don't know any real soul winners that are self-righteous. Look what I've done, look at the many things I've done, blah, blah, blah. No, no. When you're interested in the souls of others, whether it's in missions, getting the gospel out to Burma or Mexico or China or Korea, some of the greatest Christians I ever met were in Korea, South Korea. Every morning when I was there, and I I assume it still goes on, at 5.30 in the morning, People would gather in the churches. They didn't have any preaching. They just gathered there. And as soon as they gathered, they started praying. They prayed right out loud. I attended many of those meetings and the place was filled with people just praying and they prayed and prayed and prayed. After a while, they all got up and went to work. There was no organization. Nobody got up and said, well, it's time to go now or time to start now. They just came in and prayed and then left. And God did a wonderful, wonderful thing. Revival came to South Korea. Many, many people got saved. Matter of fact, the Christian commitment in South Korea became strong when it's compared with all the other Asian countries. Largely because they prayed and they recognized they were different. Be thou faithful, be thou faithful unto death. Now there are two ways of looking at that. One, you be faithful until you die. That means all your life. God wants to take off like a jet airplane and go up and up and up and level off until one day we fly into glory. I don't think it's his well that we go up and down up and down. How many like to ride a plane and go to uh, uh, all that kind of stuff? I don't like that. I was on a plane one time and did it. I didn't want to ride that air company anymore. I believe God wants us to go on and on. That's the way God wants Christians to do. Be like a jet airplane and go and go and go until one day we land over in the glory. I have decided to Follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. Faithful unto death, keep on keeping on. Then he says, be faithful even if it means death. Polycarp faced that. We don't hear a whole lot about Polycarp. Great, great, he was a disciple of John, the beloved John. And Polycarp served the Lord all those years. At the end, after he'd served the Lord all those years, they came to arrest him. I mentioned earlier what happened. He didn't fight. He didn't say, I'm going to run away. He didn't flee. He said, God has been good to me these years. It's his will for me to die. It's okay. I'm ready. Be thou faithful unto death. I will give thee the crown of life. Let's ask God to help us do that. Be faithful in our Christian commitment. Be faithful in our Christian living. Be faithful in our Christian stewardship. The stewardship of our talents. Take my life and let it be always only for my King. You know, in our church, we need some Sunday school teachers. We need two people in the nursery. Is Ms. Linker in here tonight. Where's Miss Linker? She's in the nursery. She stays in the nursery most of the time. All right, we need two workers in the nursery. There are people in this room that could say, I'll volunteer, I'll help. I'll serve in the nursery during Sunday school. We need a primary teacher. We need somebody who'll say, yes, I'll go into the primary department and help there. We need somebody in the junior department. We probably need some more adult classes. You see, the Lord is waiting for somebody to say, Here am I, Lord, send me. Be thou faithful in the gifts that God has given you. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the goodness of God. Thank you for this admonition from the heart of Jesus many, many years ago. Be thou faithful unto death. I'll give thee the crown of life. Have thy way in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, please. We're going to sing, Since I started for the kingdom, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. And I believe that's true. The longer we serve Jesus, the more precious he becomes to all of us. That's number 13 in your hymn book. Do what God says to do while we sing. If the Lord has impressed your heart to come and make a commitment, do that. Friend, if you're here tonight and you're not saved, please don't leave without Jesus. Don't go away without Jesus. Be sure that your name is written in heaven. Don't talk while I'm talking, please. I'm talking very important. Can't believe you stand next to somebody that may be lost and just talk to him while I'm talking, pleading with you to come to Christ. Don't do that. Don't ever do that. Jesus needs you, He wants you. He's willing to come into your heart, and forgive you, and cleanse you and save you if you'll let him come in. Let's sing, since I started for the kingdom, do what God tells you to do with this word.